England. Oh, just a right goal, you beauty! Justin Madden's got the set, one hand. Oh, oh, oh. oh the post is broken, Matthews hit it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Oh, g'day to you, Matthew, and g'day to you right across the nation and, in fact, the globe by the World Wide Web. This is your football life. Now, in the VFL and AFL, thousands of men have played the game at this the highest level. Some play and move on. Others have more of an impact. Today's guest has had a great impact. Not only as a fantastic player for the Carringbush, uh, Collingwood folks, and later on, uh, Sydney, up there at Harbourside, but his son is just trailblazing his way through a great career in his own right. Our man today played 240 games at the highest level, 212 for Collingwood, 28 for Sydney between 1974 and 1986. As Collingwood best and fairest in 1978 and 83, and a great honour, he is half-back flank in the Collingwood team of the century. And a special thing my producer, Mitch Cleary, didn't know. He was the result of all the scars on top of my head because he climbed over the top and took some of the best marks the game's ever seen. He's Billy Pickin. Billy's on the line. And what great memories we have, young man. Yeah, that's true, Rex. Yeah, yeah. Started in 74 and uh, battled away for a lot, uh, a lot of the years. And, uh, yeah, great memories. Yeah, they were great memories. Take us back to the boy in the shorts at MacArthur with your old man, the local butcher, and you kicking a footy and playing cricket. Tell us a little bit about the little Billy Pickin. Uh, yeah, that was a, MacArthur was a great place to grow up. Uh, it was a soldier settlement type town. Um, there was lots of kids, and uh, our spare time was spent on the market square, kicking, uh, playing kick to kick, uh, swimming in the local uh, river, the Umarella and having access to all sorts of uh, sporting facilities. Um, it was a wonderful place to grow up, and uh, I, learnt, uh, I learnt how to play cricket and football uh, in that town, and, uh, you know, I've got a lot of fantastic memories of, uh, of that place. Billy Pickin has joined us, folks, and it's a great thrill for me because I had the honour of playing on Billy. I don't want to expand my career on Billy because it wasn't that flash. However... Um, when did a little Billy Pickin think, I love this game so much, I'm not bad at it. When did you become what you term, say, I can play this game a bit, and people started to take notice of you? Um, well, I, we didn't have a lot of junior football. It was under 17s at MacArthur, so you started at, a, at an age of about 10 or 11, and you hoped you were third emergency. Um, but uh, that's how that's how it started, and uh, we had some success. Um, and I wanted to be a, a league footballer. It was a dream of mine. Uh, I used to run around with number ten, uh, St Kilda jumper, number ten when I was a small boy, Carl Dittridge, yes. and I wanted to be just like him. Yeah, and 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 he inherited the number ten from a Brownlow medalist, uh, Neil Roberts. So that was pretty high stakes. Um, did you know a lot of, although there was only, you know, a little bit of, say, the winners on Channel 2 and, say, a bit of, uh, of, of footy through 3WM, through the Wimmera Mallee, uh, who were some of the high-profile players that you first were aware of as a kid? Uh, well, 
I suppose, the ones where I collected the footy cards. Um, like, uh, until I went to uh, Collingwood when I was 17 and, uh, you know, the, uh, it was it was such a strange feeling. Here, here were my idols and um, uh, I was actually talking to them and they knew my name, so it was, uh, it was quite exciting. But, yeah, um, yeah like, we followed uh, uh, VFL footy on the wireless. I can still remember when... Uh, St Kilda won the Premiership in 66 uh, I can yeah. still remember the kitchen I was in when it was so exciting for me and uh, wow. when, when they beat uh, Collingwood by one point um, yeah. and you end up going to Collingwood uh, let's get to Collingwood as a 7 year old uh, what was the circumstances of the journey uh, now you've got to go draft and then you trade uh, before that you know if you're in a zone w- w- was that MacArthur zone in Collingwood's area yes it was yeah um, the famous Collingwood uh, legendary fullback Jack Regan picked me up one, uh, saw me play and uh, wow. picked me up and uh, I went to Melbourne High School and uh, when I was 17 and I think I started playing uh, league footy uh, about the fourth game was against Carlton when John Nichols broke the uh, the game's record, I think yep. 322 games. That's and it, yep. All my life, I wanted to play one game of, uh, <laughs> of VFL footy, and we lined up uh, outside the visitors' rooms at Victoria Park, and he ran out, and I thought, what am I doing here? <laughs> and 239 games later, it was 240 for you. Uh, did you have a dream as a kid? You know, I know the dream was just to play one game, but it was an evolving sort of uh, situation. Um, you weren't that tall for a... For a centre-half back, you know, I, th- I think, you know, it's six foot one or two or something like that. But you went down to Collingwood first up as a 17-year-old as a forward, didn't you? Yes, I did. I played uh, that game against Carlton. I played on Jeff Southby, oh. which uh, was a hell of an, uh, an honour. And uh, <laughs> my first two kicks in league footy were goals. I can wow. remember that. So, um, yeah. But he was a fantastic player and just to play on, just to see him in, in flesh and play on him was just brilliant. Yeah. We're listening to Billy Pickin on This Is Your Football Life, brought to you with the kindest regards of Tobin Brothers Funeral, celebrating lives. Now, don't get uh, nervous at all with the Tobin Brothers. I can get you a discount there, all right, Billy, but uh, (laughs) we're celebrating the lives before we put people in a box and find out what great people they are. So we really appreciate your time. Uh, Tell us about arriving. Um, Was Murray Wiedemann one of your first coaches before Tommy arrived, Tommy Hafey? Uh, Neil Mann was my first. Neil Mann, yeah. Yeah, and Ronnie Richards, Lou's brother, was the reserves coach. And yes. He was, Ronnie was fantastic to me. Oh, and, wow. Um, you know, he's a great man. And uh, in those days, we we had very few coaches. and uh, But but he really took a shine to me. And uh, he was uh, really supportive and um, gave me a lot of confidence. Yes. Um, tell us about uh, the culture at Collingwood. Um, you know, the collie wobbles is a well-used term. Uh, Lou Richards himself buried the collie wobbles in 1990 at Victoria Park. Did you find the expectations at Collingwood were really off the planet? In other words, you know, uh, the adoring fans, the, the, the cauldron of Victoria Park, it was just some environment. And I can tell you, as an opposition player, it was quite frightening to come out there. Yeah, it was. I mean, you'd walk in the rooms and there was a certain smell about it. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. And the supporters expected, you know, a lot. They were, they were passionate and still are passionate. Um, yeah, look, it was uh, look an unbelievable environment. I mean, um, I, um, I was just glad to 
to play VFL footy, and at the start, you're glad to play for any side, if if you know what I mean. And, yeah, I uh, do. Uh, I was I was very lucky when I first went there. There was a Richardson brothers, uh, Barry Price, George, wee Georgie Bishop, who I see a bit at the Bulldogs games. Yeah, Lenny Thompson was Lenny, there with Lenny Thompson, uh, a bloke who kicked a few goals called McKenna. Yeah, and Peter McKenna. Oh, oh, goodness me. Yeah, I can remember coming out from training and there'd be, you know, 100 people surrounding his car. He Amazing. Was, you know, he was a superstar and, uh, like, his kicking for goal was just, just out of this world. Yeah. You later developed, and uh, I don't want to embarrass you, uh, into what I, uh, my, my judgment, and I've been around a while, not necessarily, you know, a great player or anything like that, but I reckon you were one of the game's finest centre-half backs and I can very rarely... Uh, remember you punching, but that was a different game back there. But you had the supreme confidence that if you had your eye on the ball, that the mark was just a lot better than a punch where you put it into a 50-50 situation. When you mark the ball, you control the ball. It was a special type of uh, uh, era in the VFL, particularly for the fans, because it was great to watch Billy. Yeah, well, don't tell Spud uh, for all of that, because... Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Look, I grew up in an environment of kick to kick. Yeah. I can remember a, a training we'd start off, we'd come out and do a lap and then uh, have kick to kick for 20 minutes. And as a small boy, you know, I was involved in a lot of kick to kick. And yeah, it was just exciting. It was just a, a, a thing that come through your body. I just want to go for this mark. And look, um, there was a lot of contested marking in those days. Mm. Um, but. I wasn't the only one. I can remember one game, Rex. I played on you at Victoria Park and uh, Champion Data or whatever they're called these days. I think you took 18 marks and uh, on me. And, there must be uh, a typographical error there, Billy. <laughs> you nah, used to clean nah. me up, mate. <laughs> I can still remember that game because in those days, coaches didn't shift you. Yeah. And they just left you left you playing on someone and they just keep an eye on you. But, uh, but also, I, I think you'd chuckle with me when you say... Oh, you know, this bloke's had a fantastic game. He's had two contested marks for the uh, for the day. Like yeah, blokes that took a mark, you know, like Gary Dempsey and yourself and uh, and Graham Moss, mate. They'd take twelve marks every week, and twelve of them were contested. Yeah, and Peter, we, we had Peter Knights in those oh, times. Oh, goodness me! Like uh, you go, you play footy against him, and uh, you just uh, had you are supposed to be playing against him, but you're just admiring <laughs> taking marks. How'd you end up at centre half back? Um, uh, you know, a um, couple of goals against Southby, hey, that's okay. But all of a sudden, you go to centre-half back, you become a household name, and you're in the team of the century as a half-back. How did that transition happen? And tell us a little bit about the big names you played on week in, week out. Billy Pickin, there was no respite. No, there wasn't. And my first game uh, at centre-half back in my second year, I started... I. Had a really good first year, and then the second year, I, was, you know, they, they were punching the ball away all the time. So I started to struggle a bit, and Ronnie Richards suggested that I uh, play centre half back, and and my first game at centre half back was at the MCG on Royce Hart. So oh goodness! There was some sleepless nights, I can tell you. Uh, yeah. Because um, uh, I mean, people, I mean, you you've seen him at his best, and yeah. I, I had the pleasure of that too, and. It's the way he came in from the side. You see, I had nightmares playing on me in a practice game, Billy. Uh, but 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 you you did okay. Don't talk yourself down. But I mean to say, do you subscribe and does your son subscribe that the only way you can prove is to play with blokes who are better than yourself? Yeah, you do. Like, it was just, how, how was that to play on him? I thought, how good is this? Um, 
like Hart was supremely fit. Yeah. Uh, so professional and uh, just kept moving around all the time. He was a modern day. That would have been 75, 76. Yeah. Uh, imagine him in today's football. He he just would be unstoppable. Yeah, no worries. We're going to take a break. We're talking to Billy Pickin, and this is just fantastic for Tobin Brothers celebrating the footy life of Billy. And before we uh, take a break and come back right around Australia and the globe, Billy, um, does, does somewhere in your, your makeup just say, what if playing in those four losing grand finals because... You know, I was lucky enough to play in a couple of winners and keep on going to funerals these days, unfortunately. <laughs> but but every grand final week we get together and it's just so very, very special. Now, let's try and get this right, Billy. Is there something missing in your footy career that's so near yet so far? Um, well, obviously, you would have... I'm one of those... I've, I've read a lot of Bart Cummings' books and yeah. you do look to the future, but yeah, that was disappointing to play in four losing and one drawn grand final. Uh, yeah, you do have flashbacks. Could I have done this or done that? But you just move. You know, you move on in life. And look, those uh, times under Tommy Hafey at Collingwood—they're great memories. Where you know they're terrific memories, and the, the players that I played with, uh, I admire them, respect them. And when we run into each other, it's 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 really fantastic. I mean, uh, what's to be? You know, you you, you just got to move on in life, and um, yeah. um, you know, you, you give it your best shot. It didn't work out, so you just move on. We're going to take a break, folks, and I can just tell you, I, I'm really really glad we're talking to Billy Pickin, one of the great characters, but one of the real champions of the game uh, in in the 70s at Victoria Park. You can check us out on Twitter at Rex Footy Live, Billy, and the only thing that Twitter's around here is my canary, but anyhow, this is modern life. And we're going to take a break, folks, and this is your football life for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Billy Pickin. Watch out, Billy's coming through, and I can tell you what, as a centre-half forward, you knew you were playing against one of the greats of the game. During the break, Billy Pickin, I came up with uh, the Macedonian marvel, Peter Dacos, Peter Moore, who won Brownlow's both the Collingwood and Melbourne, Peter McKenna, one of the straightest kicks I've ever seen when Price just put it on his chest, and Len Thompson. You couldn't help but walk tall when you first walked into Victoria Park, surely. Uh, no, it was great. It was great. There, there, there's uh, the foot, the, uh, the VFL footballers I idolised, and uh, suddenly I was in, in, getting changed in the same room as them. So, and um, you know how professional they were. Len Thompson was super professional, and so were the Richardson brothers and Barry Price. Are uh, really into fitness and uh, led by example. They say, folks, that uh, a, a footballer is remembered for the way that he performs in big games. Number one. And then the extension of that is in finals. And our guest today, Billy Pickin, won the award for Collingwood's best finals player four times. Any spectacular marking meant that no centre-half forward could expect an easy time. I know it doesn't make up for premierships, but when the big stage was there, Billy, you were ready to perform. Uh, Yeah, Probably a bit of luck, but... Uh, no luck, yeah. Billy. No luck. Cut that out. Uh, yeah, I used to build myself up for the final series. You'd do extra training and um, 
Yeah, it was just exciting. Uh, finals time was exciting, and um, you know you were hoping for the the ultimate, but um, you just give it your best shot. Before Tommy Hafey passed on, a lot of the Premiership players who were his charges, and not only his charges, Billy, but dear friends, we sat around the hospital at Cabrini Hospital and uh, at the hospital bed at Cabrini, and we discussed things. And uh, my goodness me, we always thought that if we could beat Collingwood at Collingwood, uh, it was just a fantastic thing. But when Tommy went to to, uh, to Collingwood, he reminded us that he thought you were the most unfit group of players that he'd ever seen. And, and is that highlighted by when Murray Wiedemann coached you to the Wooden Spoon in 76, the next year you played in two grand finals? Was that overstating the point of fitness? And, and please explain. Yeah, he was big on fitness, Tommy. Um Look, uh, 76, we had heaps of injuries. We lost a lot of close games. Uh, I think uh, footballers out there will know that uh, when uh, when you're struggling, everything goes wrong, and that, that's what happened in 76. But he came to us in 77, Tommy, and, uh, yeah, you know, uh, he was he was super professional. Uh, he We trained really hard. And uh, I think for a number of years, we never lost two games in a row. No. So, uh, you, you knew if you lost a game, the next week training was going to be pretty severe. So uh, you, you made sure you didn't. But no, he's just a wonderful man. Yeah. yeah. Super, uh, 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 just a superstar. I mean, when he was uh, when he was passing away, I just um, I didn't go and see him thinking, well, he'll just get over this. Uh, yeah. That's Tommy Hafey. He lives to his invincible. He does. He can't hit him, can't kill him with a hammer. And it was just amazing. Uh, let's get to 1984. Um, you know, you, you were, you know, just not, I don't say not wanted, but things didn't go right at Victoria Park. And for a transfer fee of 155000 you went to Sydney. And putting it in context for the young listeners out there, uh, Billy Picken, you know, eighty thousand would buy you a good house in Melbourne back in eighty four. One hundred and fifty five thousand was a humongous amount of money. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? When you think about it, but um, yeah, I'd had uh, yeah ten years at Collingwood, and my last year I won the best in Ferris, but I just wanted to change and uh, went to Sydney. They had young player Warwick Capper was just starting, and uh, David Reese Jones. I had the great Barry Round. Uh, um, you know, things just weren't right there, you know, as far as professionalism, as far as uh, facilities, all that sort of stuff. I mean, yeah. we tra- trained on ordinary grounds. And it wasn't until Barassi got there that, um, that uh, you know, that, that, that he shook things up. I know Tommy and Edelston before that, um, you know, they really had a, uh, had, a, had a big bearing, but you can see now with the facilities they've got and, the, and obviously the culture, you can see why the Sydney Swans is so successful. Yeah. Uh, you and your wife have got two boys, Marcus, who played, you know, 25 games for Brisbane, and Liam, who's just currently starring at all points of the ground for the Western Bulldogs. Um, tell us a bit about the kids and is there any pressure? Uh, was there any pressure on those young kids because their name happened to be Pickin? Um, I don't think so because we we lived uh, well. We lived in uh, Tasmania for a while, uh, for two or three years, and uh, no, not really. Um, they just took it up. I've got another son, Sean, who who enjoys his footy but uh, doesn't take it very seriously. But um, the other two were um, well, Marcus was um, you know like he played in Ballarat Rebels in the TAC Cup and uh, played for Brisbane and unfortunately hurt his knee, so that yeah. sort of curtailed him. But 
Uh, Lou was always a determined type, but, uh, you know, it took him until he was 22 to get on a rookie list. So, yeah, you know, he, he's he's had a, he had a, um, a pretty tough uh, start to it all, but he's just kept uh, plugging away. And um, I think this is his eighth year at the Bulldogs. Just an he inspiration. Just, yeah, he just loves the place. His performance across the Nullarbor a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, in the upset against... Uh, uh, West Coast Eagles were sensational. Now, in 1978, when I retired, you married Julie Mugovan from Kalani. I fished at Kalani Beach for those King George Whiting. Yeah. And uh, and uh, her sister, Mary, married uh, uh, Brian Brown, uh, and, and they had Jonathan. Uh, you're a racing man. Goodness me, at the uh, yearling sales, they would have be- bought a pretty good price, the breeding of those kids. Yeah, yeah, well, there's a, <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah the, there's a lot of Irish in it, um... Uh, Julie's father, I think he won the mile at um, at Stall, so he's a yes. great athlete. Uh, yeah. And Julie's brother, uh, Noel, played for Richmond and Fitzroy. Yeah, and after a couple of years of cross-bash straight playing over there, uh, you, you and your wife uh, settled back at uh, Hamilton uh, on a cattle farm, and that's where the young man uh, was born. Uh, tell, us, tell us a little bit about his love for the game, and, and can you relate it to some of the things you did, particularly in a country town? Yeah, he loved his. He's always loved his sport, uh, Liam. He was, uh, you know, pretty handy as a cricketer too. Here with um, college, uh, with Hamilton College, and um, yeah, he was really good here in the juniors. He was only small and light, um, and he played a few games with Ballarat Rebels in the under eighteen competition. But he came back here in his last year and. Played in the finals for Hamilton and they won a grand final and I think he kicked a few goals in that. So yeah, yeah. He but he was just a late mature. Um, unfortunately, you know, he just didn't sort of get uh, probably he just didn't get the the chance. Um, um, yeah, he was a late mature. He was injured. He was injured for about a year as well when he was playing junior. So he had a very stunted junior career, but. He he loved the game. I had the pleasure of coaching him for a couple of years in Hamilton under 18s, and yeah. uh, it was pretty handy having a bloke like him playing for me. So um, he uh, yeah he was always determined, great attitude, works hard, and and look he loves the Bulldogs. He's really honoured to play there, and um, he he just loves the environment, and he can see how the club's growing and all that sort of stuff. It's great to get into the inner sanctum of the mind of Billy Pickin, one of the game's greats. And when the history of the game is written, Billy Boy will take his rightful place. The last question from me is an if. And and as we know in our life, Billy, there's a lot of ifs. If Liam was to go on and win a premiership with the Western Bulldogs, would that just fill some of the void of the disappointment in four losing grand finals at Collingwood? Uh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, no doubt it'd be uh, the the Bulldogs at Lerm and the Bulldogs deserve uh, deserve success, and uh, they'll they'll give it the best shot the next few weeks. Gee, they play with some uh, guts and determination. I just want to say, and I don't want to embarrass you again, that uh, you know I make lists and long lists and short lists, and we've been after you for a while. You've had a, a great career, but also a wonderful contribution to thoroughbred racing and to the rural community of Western Victoria. I just want to say, Billy Pick, and it's been my honour to go back and find out some of the intricacies of what made you, in my terms, a champion player. And we thank you very much for your time today. Thanks, Roy. Thanks for that, Rex. If you'd like to hear the extended version of this interview, 
Check out facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals or folks, you can follow us on Twitter at Rex Footy Life. And this has been This Is Your Football Life. Thanks to Tobin Brothers, celebrating lives.